0: Hello, and welcome to Power Pros Podcast, episode 190. I am your host, The Hoff, Chris Hoffman, and with me is my special guest co host, CJ Chris Johnston.
1: Yellow, yellow.
0: Hi, CJ. Glad to have you back. Happy year of the rat.
1: Good to be back. Happy Year of the Rat 2020. It's going to be a good one for everybody. I'm absolutely positive of that. Thanks for having me on the show again.
0: All right. Always a pleasure for you to be here. And you know, in fact, that is going to be our big topic this week. It is going to be all about the other games we can look forward to in 2020. But before we get to that, we're also going to have some game impressions and a little bit of news. However, to kick things off, we are going to start with some impressions of a title that came out on the Switch not too long ago, and that is Tokyo Mirage Sessions F.E. Encore. This is, like, pretty much the most Japanese of JRPGs, combining aspects of atlas's persona series with the fire emblem universe then setting it in a fairly accurate recreation of tokyo and coding the whole thing in this world of japanese pop idols which i can attest from my most recent trip to japan from about a year ago is a very real thing
1: now what's the fire emblem uh connection here other than just the hashtag fe which i don't know if a lot of people would even catch that that's Fire Emblem.
0: Yeah, well, what it means is that your playable characters in the game encounter these spirits, and they're the spirits of Fire Emblem characters, and Hmm. so they sort of merge together in battle, and, you know, that's what the game is all about. You You go about doing your stuff, trying to save Tokyo from these mysterious creatures that pop up, and you are doing so with the help of some Fire Emblem characters. Although it's kind of weird. They don't really look like Fire Emblem characters. Their designs are sort of nothing like, the Fire Emblem character, hmm. which I think is kind of weird. That's kind of one of my complaints about the game. Like, I think it would be a lot more fun for Fire Emblem fans if, like, Krom actually looked like Krom. But, you know, I guess that's not entirely the end of the world. But it is pretty weird that Fire Emblem will be a major factor in this game. It's like, okay, here's Tharja, here's Krom, but uh, they're nothing like you remember. So, right. in a way, it's uh, kind of just Fire Emblem in name only. But there are a lot of other things that you'll recognize from the series. Like, uh, you know, the trademark sound effects and the way your stats level up and stuff like that. Hmm. But uh, yeah, it could be a little more heavy on the Fire Emblem, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. What's the battle system like? It's not a strategy RPG like Fire Emblem, right? It's more of a Shin Megami Tensei, sort of more traditional RPG style?
0: Yeah, it's actually a very, very traditional battle system. And you know, for the most part, this game is very similar to what was originally released on Wii U a few years ago. You know, now it is here on the Switch in the Encore edition. And for the most part it is the same game. You know, it doesn't really look any different. It's still got nice HD visuals. It has a little bit of new content, like some new side quests. Apparently there's a new in-game song and Strangely enough, you have the option right at the beginning to make one of the main characters, Tsubasa Aribe, wear glasses, hmm. which is just like the strangest option <laughs> I can imagine putting in a game. Yeah, hmm. But uh, getting back to your question about the battle system, despite all these trappings with uh, you know J-pop idol stuff and this modern setting, the gameplay is fairly traditional. It's got menu-based, turn-based combat, and your usual assortment of attacks and spells and items to use. Hmm. But there is one thing that sets it apart that's different and cool, and that is you sort of automatically chain together different attacks. When you target enemies' weaknesses. And so, if you use a magic spell or special skill, you'll then chain with the next character in your party and can unleash some really, really powerful combos. Hmm.
1: So, what's the music, like J pop veneer around this? Like, are those the characters that you're playing as, or are those the attacks?
0: Yes. It's weird because like a lot of the terminology is J-pop theme. Like it calls a combo a session because it's like, you know, a musical session or something, Mm. but it really doesn't come into play as far as the gameplay goes. Yes. The characters that you are playing as all belong to a talent agency and in addition to, you know, being up-and-coming pop idols, they also have the power to merge with these Fire home Spirits and fight evil. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because this musical stuff really is more of a veneer that goes over this traditional gameplay. Mm. I was kind of expecting there would be something like some rhythm-based mini-games or maybe some sort of timing aspect when you're doing your attacks. But no, none of that is in there. Mm. Now, sometimes when you do an attack, it will get like... A special powered-up animation just kind of randomly and that a lot of times is like a little musical performance But it's really more of an aesthetic thing. It really doesn't tie into the gameplay that much.
1: Oh, okay So you're not like doing battle on a stage or in a concert hall or anything like that yet, huh?
0: Well, actually, I guess you sort of are when you do enter a battle You are sort of in this little arena. and There's like a crowd watching you And uh, they'll sort of cheer you on. And if you do things that make them happy, you might earn some bonuses when you beat the battle. But again, it's not really a gameplay thing. It is just more of a visual thing.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: And yeah, like the whole uh, second mission takes place, you know, as this concert is supposed to be going on. And you know there are these occasional cutscenes that show the characters doing little musical numbers and things like that, you know, mostly in between chapters or after a side quest. So it is there, but again, it pretty much just all comes down to aesthetics. That's cool. Is
1: this a long game? Is this supposed to be like one of those hundred hour RPGs or
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I have not played too far into the game. What I have encountered so far has been pretty interesting. I've had some fun dungeons with some interesting twists. Like, the first dungeon you encounter is really basic, but the ones after that have some cool puzzles and obstacles to keep you on your toes. And there is a lot of extra content beyond just exploring the dungeons to progress the main story. There's a bunch of character-focused side stories. There are some other optional quests. But, you know, I'm only like 15 hours in so far and i'm not sure how long it's going to go mm. you know knowing rpgs knowing atlas i would expect this one to take up plenty of time but i really couldn't give you an accurate number okay anyway the game is pretty solid it is pretty fun like i said i kind of wish they had done more with the fire Emblem characters and i do feel like not having more musical oriented gameplay content is kind of like a missed opportunity But I would say this is a pretty worthwhile RPG if you didn't play it on the Wii U. Now, personally, I'm still working on Pokemon Sword and Shield, as well as Dragon Quest XI and Fire Emblem Three Houses, so Mm. I doubt I'll actually be spending a lot of time with this one anytime soon. But nonetheless, I would say it is a fine addition to the Switch library, and if you are looking for a new role-playing game to play and want something that's just a little bit oddball, a little bit off the beaten path, this certainly fills that niche.
1: Very cool. And I know this is one of the last big uh, games on Wii U and a lot of people missed it. So it sounds like it's worth uh, catching on the Switch.
0: Yeah, you've got the time to sink into another RPG on the system. This would be a fine choice. Moving along to another game that I have been playing on the Switch. That is the recently released Sega Ages version of Shinobi. CJ, are you a Shinobi fan from way back in the day?
1: Uh, You know, back in the day, I played Shinobi on the Master System, so I got a lot of it through that, but I don't know how close that version was to the arcade, which I think the Sega Ages version is the arcade game, correct?
0: Yes, that is exactly right. And, you know, I never actually had a Master System and never played the Master System version. I think the only version I played was like that unlicensed Tengen version that was poured over to the NES. Mm, Yeah. But yeah, now the original arcade game is available in pixel perfect form on Switch. So you get to play as Joe Musashi, Master Ninja, and you fight your way through the levels. You throw lots of ninja stars, you rescue kidnapped children, and you make sure that that darn timer does not run out because it is a pretty darn fast timer.
1: Ah, those arcade games always ticking down something so that you put another quarter in or another token in.
0: Yep, yep, you were pretty much always on the run. If you uh, stop to twiddle your thumbs for too long, that timer will run out. But yeah, the gameplay is pretty straightforward, but I think it is a lot of fun in its simplicity. And, you know, I would say it holds up pretty well over the years. And also, you know, this is great to have, you know, the first original Shinobi that started at all, which, you know, isn't widely available on home consoles. So uh, I'm really glad to have this one on Switch.
1: Yeah, what was the last Shinobi game that came out even? It was quite
0: a while ago. I think the last one was on 3DS, which Uh. was actually really, really good. And I think highly underrated. I would totally recommend checking that game out if you can. But yeah, it has been a while since that one came out. That's for sure. The Shinobi games are some of my favorites out there on Genesis. I love Revenge of Shinobi. I love Shinobi 3. I really, really like Shadow Dancer. So, yeah, it's cool to be able to have this one on the Switch. And this one has a lot of user friendly features. So, if you never got to the end of this one back in the day, if it was too tough for you, well, it is good to know that there is a new Ages mode in this one that doubles your offensive power and your defensive power. Plus, there is a rewind feature. So if anything goes wrong, you can just you know scroll back time. It's the ultimate ninja power. Oh, very
1: nice. Have other Sega Ages titles had a rewind feature?
0: I'm not sure. I only have a handful of them. I don't yeah. think any of the ones that I have played have that feature, but I don't know if this is the first.
1: I'm not sure. Okay. I really like the way that they have implemented some of the changes on those games where it doesn't make it a complete cakewalk, but it at least makes it a little easier if that's what you're looking for. Because, man, some of those retro arcade games or retro games just in general, uh, you know, were made at a different time. Mm -hmm. And if you had to play with that difficulty now, it would just be too frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say that the ages mode in this game is pretty darn easy, but the original arcade difficulty is in here too. So if you want to play it as it was originally intended, you can absolutely do that. Hmm. And then in both modes, there are also other options to change the difficulty level, change the number of lives. You can reconfigure your controls as well. So yeah, there are plenty of accessibility options, no matter what your gameplay style is like.
1: Excellent. And also just love seeing more retro games on the Switch.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have to say, though, one thing, after playing this game, it really, really makes me hope that they get around to doing a Sega Ages version of the Arcade Shadow Dancer, because uh-huh. I have always wanted to have that game on a home system. It's so much fun, and you know, it's just a nice step up over the original Shinobi.
1: Yeah, that would be really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely crossing my fingers for that one. And then, those are the only games I've been playing recently, but in addition to that, I have some impressions to give on the most recently released Amiibo. Amiibo! Those Amiibo being Richter and Dark Samus from the Super Smash Bros. Amiibo line. These are actually the last two revealed Amiibo that we know about. Hmm. Yeah, crazy, huh? I mean. Is
1: this the end of Amiibo? Probably not.
0: <laughs> Probably not. I mean, Nintendo has sort of unofficially said that all the DLC fighters from Smash Bros. are coming eventually, but to be honest, we don't know for sure. We don't know if there will be anything aside from the Smash Bros. Amiibo, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, very. Interesting for us Amiibo fans to see where things go from here, mm. but regardless, I would say these are both very good Amiibo. Both of whom happen to be based on Echo Fighter characters from Smash Brothers. First up, we have Richter, and he's just fantastic because you know it's a great figure of a character for one of my all-time favorite game series, Castlevania. And honestly, you know, I would say he is a pretty obscure character, even more than Simon Belmont. Mm. So I am thrilled to actually get him, you know, at all. And I love the fact that the mold is basically a recreation of the iconic pose from the Dracula X box art. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was going to say, what pose
1: is it? And I definitely know that box art. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. (laughs) And, you know, as usual, there is a ton of detail in this figure. It has a super astonishing paint job, like, you know, just down to the buttons on the shirt and the sewing on the belt and the boots. And his face looks great. I love how the headband and, like, the fabric hanging off his shirt sort of seem to be blowing in the wind. And the way that the chain whip is sort of wrapped up in a circle that he's holding, that works really, really well. Probably even better than Simon's more dynamic whip pose. Hmm. It does have these little semi-transparent braces on its ankles because his stance is so wide he barely fits on the stand, but, you know, they're pretty unobtrusive, so I'm not really going to complain about that.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: And then we have Dark Samus, who, you know, if I'm totally honest, it's not a character I really care about at all, but the amiibo is nothing short of amazing. Like, the entire thing has this sort of scaly, veiny texture covering the entire figure, and And it makes it one of the most detailed Amiibo yet. Uh, Plus, it's covered in these blue gradation paint apps that look equally phenomenal. So the whole Hmm. thing is just very shiny, and it practically seems to be glowing. Huh.
1: I forgot that this one came out. Of course, uh, I'm not a huge Smash Brothers fan, but I do have a very large Amiibo collection, mainly because, you know, they cover so many Nintendo franchises. And of course, Metroid uh, being one of my favorite game series, I might have to pick this up because this would be the only one I don't have uh, from the Metroid line so far.
0: Yeah, I would definitely recommend getting it. And you know, even if you were like sort of you know on the fence about caring about the character, like me, you know, I would say get it just because it looks so darn cool. Huh. Uh, like Richter, it does have a semi-transparent stand because she's sort of in a floating pose. But you know, again, it's not really a problem unless you're kind of looking at the figure from the back. That's like, oh yes, I can clearly see a stand there. But looking at it from the front or the side, it looks pretty darn good. You will hardly notice it at all. But yeah, I mean, I was kind of originally buying this only because it's like, okay, I have to complete the entire collection. You know, I've got to get every Amiibo. But really, it has turned into one of my all-time favorites out of all the Amiibo that are out there. So yeah, if you like Mm -hmm. Amiibo, if you like Metroid, totally get this one. Don't sit out. It seems that between the two, Dark Samus is the more easily available one, but I don't imagine she's going to sit around on shelves for long. So if you're interested, I would recommend getting it as soon as possible.
1: Sold out on Amazon right now, but I'm going to find somewhere that has it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there were plenty of them at GameStop when I was there about a week ago, so that might be a good place to check. Thanks for the tip. And that does it with our game impressions. Let us move along to a little bit of news. And first up in the news this week, Byleth is now available as a playable character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. This was breaking news just as we were finishing up our last episode of the podcast. CJ, do you have any thoughts about this character making it into the game at all?
1: The presentation where Byleth was announced was at, I think, 6.30 in the morning uh, (laughs) Pacific time, so I didn't catch it live. And when I saw what the reveal was, I, well, I'm not really a huge Fire Emblem fan, so I wasn't all that interested, quite frankly. (laughs) More interested in uh, Cuphead being introduced as a a Mii fighter
0: yeah yeah I definitely agree with that and you know I am a pretty big Fire Emblem fan but even I thought that she was a pretty bland choice and even after downloading the character and playing as her I'm still not super excited Mm. and by the way I keep saying her because she's a female character in my three houses game but you can be either the male or the female Byleth in Smash Brothers Uh, Anyway, after playing with her a little bit, my initial thoughts are that she is a very powerful but really slow character, and that makes her really easy to counter. In some small ways, she sort of reminds me of Link because she has that bow neutral special. Uh, Her up special, though, is kind of hard to use because it is a grapple and it's not really a mobility boosting move. So yeah, I walk away, you know, I wasn't super excited about her as a character, and I'm not really super excited about playing as her in the game as well, I'm afraid to say. Mm-hmm. Also, I did play through classic mode. And man, that last boss fight is total BS. You're actually aided by a bunch of other characters. But there's like so much going on the screen at once. I couldn't even tell it was happening. And I got like knocked off the edge and totally lost in all the confusion. So oh I'm gosh. a little bit bitter about that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It just felt like that boss fight was kind of poorly planned out and not really thought through. Mm, okay. However, like you said, alongside the new character, there are a bunch of other new additions, including those me costumes and... Yeah, while I think that Blyleth is kind of a pretty lackluster finale to the Season 1 Fighters Pass, it is really cool that we got a Cuphead me costume. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the Me Gunner is now officially Cuphead, you know? And my <laughs> yes. gosh, it's only 75 cents? How could you pass that up? Exactly.
1: Yeah, you have to buy that.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I might be disappointed about the character, but uh, nonetheless, it's always good to see the expanding, amazing love layer to gaming that is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate.
1: I completely agree, and I can't wait to see what other characters they add in uh, the next year.
0: Yeah, yeah. It will be exciting to see those other six as they emerge. Yep. Also in the news, there has recently been a rumor about a Bioshock collection coming to Switch. Ooh, Bioshock.
1: That's one I have not
0: played uh, in a little while. Might be worth returning to portably. Yeah, I haven't played it in a while myself, but yeah, apparently this was outed by an international ratings board, apparently saying, yes, it is on the way to Switch. And if it's the same as the collection released for PS4 and Xbox One a few years ago, that means it will include Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2, and Bioshock Infinite. And you know, normally I'm not really a big first-person shooter fan, but to me, Bioshock is like in a whole different league. It's much more of an adventure that happens to be in the first-person perspective, and I find it much more comparable to something like Metroid Prime mm. than, you know, Doom.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and at least uh, Bioshock 1 and 2 are really great games. I thought Infinite sort of uh, overstayed its welcome a bit, and the end boss... Was- terrible but certainly it is a classic uh, series of the 2000s and a great addition to switch if this rumor turns out to be true
0: yeah i really hope it is you know i don't even remember what the final boss was in bioshock infinite i've never played bioshock 2 but bioshock 1 man i absolutely loved that game it is my favorite first person shooter ever even more than any of the metroid prime titles and it was actually my second favorite game of 2007 only behind Super Mario Galaxy. So to say I am excited to see these games finally come to Nintendo systems, if this rumor pans out, is definitely an understatement.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if they would add anything over and above what they did on some of the other consoles, or if it'll just be a straight port.
0: Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see, but either way, I welcome it finally coming to a Nintendo platform. Absolutely. And that's all we have for news this week. So why don't we move along and answer a little bit of listener mail. First of all, we have some comments that came through on Twitter regarding Byleth's inclusion in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. First, we have one from at Fowler 23 who says... Disappointed. We didn't need another Fire Emblem rep, even if it's from the best game in the series, especially another anime swordsman. And to end the first Fighters Pass on Byleth after going four out of four on third-party characters is just underwhelming. Phoenix right for Smash.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of that sort of sentiment on Twitter after that presentation. And yeah, it is, is a very strange way to sort of end that first Fighters Pass.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that Byleth might have gone over better if it hadn't been the last fighter. Yeah. But I mean, I guess she's not really the last fighter, but, you know, in the set, perhaps could have gone over better. Correct. Anyway, <laughs> here's someone who did like it. This is at Super Game Joy, who writes, great, awesome series and awesome game. I know people are disappointed, but at times like these, it's best to focus on the most important things in life. <laughs> Chow that negative energy into something positive and do something good today.
1: Nah, that's, I completely agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> You know,
0: take your disappointment
1: and try to do something good.
0: Then we have a comment from at Sheodare, who writes, Unexpected, but not in an interesting way. I kept waiting for a just kidding, but it never came. I'll keep an (laughs) open mind and try out the new character, though. And then we have a comment from at Dragon underscore UK, who writes, Full disclosure, I haven't yet picked up the Fighter's Pass. Really, only Banjo-Kazooie makes me want it. So I was hoping for a more off-the-wall character. With the introduction of Byleth, I know now that I only really need to buy Banjo-Kazooie on its own.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do wonder uh, in this next group of fighters if they'll go with any other rare characters or any other sort of, if they'll venture out any further, uh, as this is supposed to be a celebration of gaming, how far does that stretch? Yeah. Now that you have Cuphead as a Mii fighter, you know... Is anything off the table? Is is Master Chief off the table?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to say. I would say that almost anything is valid except for, like, you know, first-party Sony characters. But, uh, hey, even stranger things have happened. You never know. We shall
1: see. Yeah. I mean, there was that news story a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, that one of Sony's sports franchises, MLB The Show, is going to come to multiple platforms. That's right, that's right. Despite being trapped on PlayStation platforms for the past, I don't know, five or so years. So yeah, anything is possible.
0: Yep, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. We also got an email that came to us from Lo from LA, who writes, Hi guys, Long-time and loyal listener, and I enjoyed your best of 2019 Big Topic. My own personal 5 to 10 were all mentioned by you guys, but neither of you picked my top four. Hmm. 1. Fire Emblem Three Houses. 2. Dragon Quest XI S. 3. Seiken Densetsu Three, 4. Astral Chain. What a great year for games. I'm a bit worried about 2020, though one ray of hope is that many good JRPGs seem to be coming to PS4. Here's to another fun year of the Power Pros podcast. Now, CJ, obviously you were not on that episode of Power Pros, but do you have any thoughts on the four tiles that this person mentioned?
1: I totally agree with Dragon Quest XI S. I thought that was one of the best games uh, I played on Switch. Last year, I thought uh, 2019 was a fantastic year for games just in general, especially mm-hmm. on Nintendo platforms with Super Mario Maker 2, and you had Luigi's Mansion yep. 3, which is a favorite franchise of mine, and then you have Dragon Quest Builders 2 and Dragon Quest 11s. And yeah, I thought it was just a fantastic year. And I, I thought, uh, yeah, that, that list sounds pretty good. That's a pretty strong list.
0: Yeah, for sure. Those are all very good choices. And, you know, my top three were pretty much locked down for sure, but there were several titles that were vying for my number four and number five slots. And that does include Dragon Quest XI S and Astral Chain. Unfortunately, I still haven't had a chance to play Seiken Densetsu 3 yet, but I am very much looking forward to when I do. And I also plan to play more Fire Emblem Three Houses as well. Yeah. You know, I know it's been a lot of people's game of the year. But for me, I felt like I was spending way too much time exploring the school and doing stuff with NPCs than I was engaging in strategic battles, which really slowed down my progress. And that's mm. kind of why I put it aside. But I'm really looking forward to going back to it and enjoying more of that game. But it probably won't be until after I have finished Pokemon Sword and Shield and Dragon Quest 11. So. Yeah, so many RPGs. Yeah, there were just a lot of good things to choose from. (laughs) So much to choose from. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And as for those worries about 2020, hopefully we can do something about that when we have our big topic discussion in just a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, you know, who knows when the next Nintendo Direct is going to hit. Like, I know
0: we we don't really know
1: a whole lot about what Nintendo first party is going to look like in 2020 past Animal Crossing. So I'm very excited for whatever happens to happen
0: there. Yes, absolutely. And on that note, I think it is time for us to take an intermission, and then we come back. We will indeed have that big topic about what's in store on Switch in 2020. we are back and we are ready to discuss this week's big topic which is our 2020 year in preview. Woohoo! 2020. Yep, that's right. Now, obviously this is only going to scratch the surface of what's in store for us on Switch. You know, there are probably going to be, you know, 40 new games released in the eShop this week <laughs> even before this podcast goes live. But Nonetheless, we are going to go down this list of some of the more noteworthy titles that we are looking forward to in the months ahead. Excellent. And we are going to start that list with a game coming in February, published by Nintendo. That is Snack World, the Dungeon Crawl Gold, coming out on February 14th. And this is an action RPG from level five with a very quirky sense of humor. There are lots of food-themed names and attacks, such as the Kingdom of Tutti Fruity and the evil Sultan Vinegar. But I'm not sure if there's more to the food-theming than that. Now, you do have full character customization, you have randomly generated dungeons, you get local co-op or online for up to four players. And of course, there are going to be plenty of weapons, defensive items, and items to collect. There are going to be plenty of side quests, and they promise fourth wall breaking humor as well hmm. cj you looking forward to this one at all
1: i watched the initial trailer for it that didn't show any gameplay and <laughs> <laughs> that's right it did. i still don't know what uh what the game's about but quirky humor and especially food humor i think that sounds interesting so i might have to uh, give it a look
0: yeah plus it's by level five and most of their stuff is pretty great mm. so i am looking forward to checking out this one and seeing what it's all about Also on the way in February is Vitamin Connection from WayForward, which of course requires me to give my disclaimer that I now work for WayForward. (laughs) Yep. And honestly, I feel like this game is totally flying under the radar at the moment, which I think is a mistake because it is a very creative, unique Switch exclusive that is really made with a system in mind and takes advantage of features like HD rumble, the IR camera, motion control, and the Joy-Cons. It also really strongly emphasizes co op play like a snipper clips or the stretchers. Plus, it's got a very colorful look, lots of humor, and a pretty epic soundtrack from what I've heard so far. The basic gameplay is kind of like a classic shooter as you're sort of blasting waves of enemies with this vitamin beam as you travel through people's bodies as you try to heal them. Mm. And then at certain points, instead of boss fights, you engage in these sub games where you get to do different stuff like play a rhythm game or an air hockey style challenge. Overall, I think this is a game that people definitely should be paying more attention to.
1: Yeah, it was uh, at PAX West actually uh, in the WayForward right. area, and uh, yep, that was our debut. Mm-hmm. Played a little bit of it uh, with Phil and Greg from Player One Podcast. So, oh, very uh, cool. Looked uh, looked great.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. I have only been able to play like a dev kit version, so I haven't actually played it on the Switch itself. But I am very much looking forward to it. And uh, as we're having this discussion, it is still available for another couple days in physical form at Limited Run Games. So, uh, if mm. you're interested in that. Don't delay. Another title on the way in February is the Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection. This contains 6 games from the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS, Mega Man Zero 1, 2, 3, and 4, Mega Man ZX, and Mega Man ZX Advent. These were all fantastic action platformers that put a new spin on the Mega Man formula with a redesigned Zero as the main character, armed with a variety of weapons, and he slices his way through brilliantly designed levels and challenging bosses. These games were like super hard in their original forms, Hmm. but this version does include a new casual mode and a save-assist feature. Uh, But on the other hand, there's also a new Z-Chaser mode, which... I think it's basically a time trials mode for hardcore players where you get to compete to see who can play through levels faster and then try to get to the top of the leaderboards. I love these games originally, especially Mega Man Zero 2 on GBA, so I am very excited to have these back in one collection on Switch.
1: You know, I'm not really much of a Mega Man fan. Uh, I'm the complete opposite of uh, a lot of of retro gamers. Just the difficulty spike in general, Uh, and you said these were the hard ones. (laughs) pretty hard ones definitely are Mm -hmm. Uh, i I welcome the addition of a casual mode but i probably am not the uh, target market for this particular collection though it's always great to see more gba games coming over
0: Ah man you are totally missing out hopefully you will reconsider when that one hits on february 25th and also coming out on that same date is rune factory 4 special which is an enhanced version of the 3DS game Rune Factory 4, which was kind of a spinoff of the Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons franchises in that it is both a farming sim where you get to do activities like growing crops and catching fish and raising critters and cooking food, but it also has action RPG dungeon exploration and real-time combat. Hmm. I got to play this one a little bit at E3 last year and the graphics weren't a huge step up in the version I played but it does have just a ton of content and a lot of cool new features like new cutscenes, a new hardcore difficulty mode and these new newlywed mode scenarios that let you go on episodic adventures with your spouse after your protagonist gets married to one of the 12 marriage candidates.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's cool.
0: Farming game, marriage
1: simulator... And Dungeon Crawler?
0: Mm. Yep, all combined into one. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really play the 3DS version that much, so uh, it'd be cool to give this one a spin on Switch. Nice. Then, in March, we have Pokémon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX, scheduled to hit on the 6th. This is the recently announced Pokémon Dungeon Crawler, complete with talking Pokémon, and the ability to play, you know, not as a trainer, but as one of several popular Pokémon. There's a remake of the classic GBA and DS Rescue Team games, both with a thorough graphical overhaul that looks absolutely beautiful. And though you're still exploring randomly generated dungeons and fighting off enemy Pokemon that are maneuvering through these dungeons at the same time that you are, it is a definitely different take on the typical Pokemon formula.
1: Yeah, and having a demo already available in the eShop that where your save carries over to the final game is fantastic. And I agree with you, the visuals on this are... Absolutely fantastic. They did a yeah. fantastic job with this.
0: Yeah, I played this game a bit, but I haven't got to the end of the demo yet, so I definitely need to do that before the final game releases.
1: Well, and then your save carries over. It's perfect. I know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's time saver.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it when that happens. Mm. Scheduled for release on March 17th is La Mulana 1 and 2. This is a pair of retro-style, sort of Indiana Jones-inspired adventure platformers, You know, there are lots of traps, lots of weapons and items to acquire, countless enemies to fight, you know, some nasty bosses, and loads and loads of puzzles, plus lots of 2D pixel art goodness. I played the first La Mulana pretty extensively on WiiWare, and man, that game was brutally hard, but it was still a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe actually finishing it this time on Switch. But I've never actually played the sequel At all. Hmm. So I am totally looking forward to checking that one out as well. What about you?
1: Well, unfortunately, you know, my March slate is uh, really going to be dominated by only one game, the next game that we're going to talk about. So I don't
0: think I'll be playing La Mulana, but it looks interesting. Well, the next one, in fact, is Animal Crossing New Horizons, which is supposed to hit on March 20th. And yeah, this is (laughs) the long awaited all new Animal Crossing game for Switch. Man, the last one was New Leaf on 3DS, which came out all the way back in 2013. you are not counting, you know, the Amiibo Festival and stuff like that. But the last real Animal Crossing, yeah, all the way back in 2013. It's been too long. At any rate, this time, apparently Tom Nook has tricked us into becoming his indentured servant on a deserted island of all places. (laughs) So you get to customize this island as you see fit. There's an emphasis on crafting. All the previous activities are returning, like fishing and gardening and bug catching and interacting with NPCs. And ha, the joke is on Tom Nook, because the island won't stay deserted for long. You'll get to interact with up to seven other players online. And of course, all your animal friends will get to move in as well. So yeah, this is certainly a big one that we've been waiting for for a long time.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one a whole lot, in part because, you know, back in 2013, my daughter was two years old, Mm -hmm. and this will be her first Animal Crossing, and all of the footage that I've seen so far, especially from the Treehouse Live presentation back at E3, is uh, that we're gonna have just a ton of fun playing this together on the same island, and it's just gonna be great. I'm really looking forward to it, buying it digital, of course, so that it'll always be on my system. Mm And I'm sure my daughter's going to have her own copy as well. So I'm going to buy two copies so that we can both play together. Really, really looking forward to it. And all the new stuff just looks amazing. And I can't wait to hear even uh, more details as we gear up for this launch, because I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there is even more stuff they haven't talked about yet. I'm greatly looking forward to it as well. And yes, I might even buy the digital version of this one because I do want to be able to have it in my Switch at all times. I feel like it's one of those games I'm just going to want to play a little bit of Every single day. So, yeah, this one certainly should be a highlight of early 2020.
1: Yep. Just like New Leaf. And, you know, I bought New Leaf Digital and would play that all the time on and off for years. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that
0: I'll be doing the same with this one. Yep. Very understandable. Moving along to some April releases, we have the hilariously named Disaster Report 4 Summer Memories coming out on April 7th. That's right. Yeah. Switch version of this,
1: uh, you know, a disaster earthquake uh, occurs in Tokyo and you play a character that has to escape the city and uh, she runs into all sorts of fun scenarios along the way and nutty characters, nutty personalities along the way. The disaster report games are quirky Japanese disaster games that are just really fun to play. And, you know, this one was, I think, originally supposed to come out back in 2011 and uh, was delayed or canceled after the earthquake in Japan, and finally got finished up and released in Japan last year, and uh, is coming to the U.S., and I'm very, very excited about it, because the disaster report games in general are just fun little disaster scenarios, so...
0: Yeah, it certainly has had uh, quite a trip making its way to North America, and I've never played any games in this series, so if I got a chance to check this one out, I absolutely will. You know, I've never played a game that's just about natural disasters. You know, there are no zombies here, we've just got earthquakes and collapsing buildings and fires and stuff like that, and it certainly sounds very interesting to me, so I hope I can give it a spin.
1: But even that stuff is terrifying. You don't need zombies if a a building or a bridge is going to fall on you, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's actually, you know, more plausible, I think, could actually perhaps make it uh, more terrifying. So, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I'm curious to see what it's all about. Also in April, scheduled for release on the 24th is Trials of Mana. And this is a remake of Seiken Densetsu 3, which, you know, after being exclusive to Japan for many years, finally came to North America last year with the collection of Mana. And yeah, this is a full 3D remake of this game with modern graphics and a 3D battle system. It's got voiceovers, it has newly added character conversations, a remastered soundtrack. Pretty much everything that can be enhanced is being enhanced. But just like in the original game, the path through the story changes depending on which of the six main characters you select. And yeah, this was always a very ambitious title. It seems like with this version it's even going to be more ambitious. Prettier, better sounding, just a few steps forward from its original form.
1: Yeah, this one looks interesting. I did not play Seiken Densetsu 3 on Collection of Mana, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of looking forward to it because I I like uh, old school RPGs, and this looks like something that I would be interested in, especially with the updated graphics and such.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely interested in this one. I'm hoping I can get around to playing Collection of Mana and at least trying out the original 16-bit version before this comes out, but uh, either way, I'm totally looking forward to it. Yes. And then also, allegedly scheduled for sometime in April, is Minecraft Dungeons, which is a dungeon crawler with a Minecraft aesthetic. It's basically like Gauntlet or Diablo meets Minecraft, you know. That's right. No crafting, no digging, no building, but is an action adventure with plenty of ranged and melee attacks, four-player co-op, and ample character customization.
1: That's right. And the levels are actually randomized. They do have sort of uh, bespoke areas like tile sets that they swap around. So playing through the story mode, if you have to get to a particular story beat, that room will be in there. But then there's a lot of variety in the gameplay. And the fact that this is a multiplayer game is great as well. Like my daughter is super into Minecraft. Mm -hmm. And I know that she would really enjoy playing a game like this, uh, especially since it does seem that your character customization and the weaponry can really be tailored to the type of player that you are so every time they release a new video about this game i get more and more interested in playing it and you know even though it's minecraft it is an action based game it has the minecraft look to it but i think uh this may get a you know an audience that isn't into minecraft uh, traditionally interested in playing this
0: yeah for sure i've never really been much for minecraft myself but perhaps the gameplay of this one will drag me into its universe we shall see we shall see
1: Yeah, and I think it is a cross-platform game as well. Uh, Minecraft, just in general, is cross-platform play, and I believe Minecraft Dungeons is as well. So it'll be interesting to play it co-op with your friends, whether it's on Switch or other platforms.
0: Yeah, that was always an appreciated feature. Yeah. All right, so now we are moving on to a bunch of games that don't quite have as specific release dates just yet, but nonetheless should be coming sometime later this year. And I'm going to start this list off with Shantae and the Seven Sirens, which is supposed to be out this spring. Uh, again, here's my disclaimer that I work for WayForward, but uh, yeah, we have a brand new Shantae game coming with a Metroid-like interconnected world, set on a tropical island. You know, this time Shantae meets up with several other half-genie characters, but just when she's getting acquainted with her new friends, they get captured. Shantae has to go into the underground ruins of the island to rescue them it features all new transformations, has magic spells, character upgrades, mini games, a new card system that you can use to enhance some of your abilities and, you know, fully animated, fully voiced cutscenes. Hmm. I have played the first part of this on Apple Arcade and it is super smooth. I cannot wait to play the whole thing when it comes out on Switch. Any Shantae
1: game is absolutely worth playing. It's fantastic stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree, and I say that not as Play of Way4, but just as a fan of the series for many, many years.
1: Yeah, I don't even work for Way Forward, and I could say you definitely should be playing Shantae games.
0: All right. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Another one I'm looking forward to that's supposed to be out this spring is Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3. This is a fairly traditional RPG from Falcom and the publishers at NIS America. Trails of Cold Steel 1 and 2 told the story of Reen Schwarzer and the students of Thor's Military Academy. Basically, they were rising up to protect their country from a civil war. In a lot of ways, they were very typical turn-based fancy JRPGs, but they were still a lot of fun and had great characters and stories. And you could occasionally pilot a giant robot, which is always great. Can't beat that. Yeah. So now in this one, Reen is an instructor and is teaching new students of his own. Plus, it seems like all the previous cast members are returning and they are all back to face a new threat. It looks quite epic. And I am totally looking forward to this one. I already bought it on PS4, but then they announced the Switch version right after that. So I'm just going to hold out and play it on Switch as soon as I can. Nice. Yes, indeed. Another game that's supposed to be on the way this year is Doom Eternal. This is a sequel to the Doom reboot that came out a few years ago with an emphasis on quick-moving first-person combat that often takes advantage of a grappling hook that lets you pull yourself towards enemies or bring them to you, which in turn adds a bigger emphasis on melee combat with your arm blade. The PC and multi-platform release is locked down for March 20th, but it looks like the Switch version will be coming sometime later this year. It's not really my type of game, but the port of the first Doom was really, really well done on Switch, and I hope that this sequel lives up to that standard.
1: Yeah, it is a shame that it's missing the multi-platform date, Yep. but to have it on Switch and, you know, the first Doom, the 2016 Doom, ran so well on Switch that I'm sure this right. will look and play just as well as those other versions too.
0: Yeah, I certainly hope so. If that means taking a few extra months of refinement and optimization, you know, that is fine with me. Absolutely. Another one I'm looking forward to greatly is Streets of Rage 4. This is a glorious looking 2D HD beat-em-up and a sequel to one of my all-time favorites. In fact, out of all the games we've been talking about so far, this might be the game I'm looking forward to the most. Hmm. Now, we know that all of the original Streets of Rage characters are back, Adam, Axel, and Blaze, And they're here along with Adam's sister, Cherry, as a playable character. And of course, you get lots of high adrenaline, in-your-face attacks, jump kicks, throws, combos, special moves, just like in the good old Sega Genesis days. And of course, it has two-player co-op as well. In fact, there's even going to be a physical version of this one from Wounded run games. I will totally be getting that if I can. But uh, yeah, I love the Streets of Rage series, and I cannot wait for this one to come out.
1: Yeah, this one looks great, and this one was also at PAX West last fall, and looked and played great, so I'm also really looking forward
0: to this one. Awesome. That is really good to hear. Yeah. Another sequel I am quite looking forward to is Axiom Verge 2, which, to be honest, we don't really know a whole lot about, but the first Axiom Verge was one of the best Metroid-style games on any platform in the recent years, so even without details, I am super excited for this prequel.
1: Same, Tom Happ, who did the original game, uh, is doing the sequel, and that was just announced recently back uh, in December during that uh, Nintendo Indie presentation, and couldn't be happier to see a sequel to this. Uh, As you said, it's just a great Metroid-style game, and the trailer for it that they showed in December looked great. So yeah, anytime they want to release this, I am more than ready for this.
0: Yep, absolutely. I am as well. Another game that I believe was in that same presentation was a title called Murder by Numbers. I think you're right. Pretty sure you're right. Anyway, this
1: is from uh, Mediatonic and uh, the Regular Corporation, and it is a game uh, where you are investigating various murders, but the gameplay uses uh, the Picross-style mechanic solving puzzles to find evidence. So (laughs) this is sort of a dialogue story-based game that has Picross sections mixed in so the images that you were revealing are evidence and weapons and blood trails and things like that which just sounds super interesting to me
0: yeah it's basically a murder mystery combined with Picross I like both of those things so this sounds totally up my alley it is supposed to be out early in 2020 so we could see this one sooner rather than later
1: yeah plus you have the artist who worked on Hatoful Boyfriend Uh is working on this and music from the person who worked on the Phoenix Wright games all right the originals so good to know looks great can't wait for this one cool yeah what are some other ones you're looking forward to this year so i think another one that was in the december presentation is the sequel to golf story it's called sports story oh that's right and this one of course incorporates the gameplay of several sports not just golf that's true into its rpg storytelling and I was a big fan of Golf Story on the Switch. I thought it was one of the best games that came out in that first year, and I am hotly anticipating the sequel, and just to have so many other sports represented is fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's going to be lots of stuff in here. Golf, tennis, soccer, baseball, even fishing, and dungeon exploration, and stealth. So yeah, lots of new content for this one. It should be pretty darn cool.
1: Absolutely. I'm also looking forward to quite a few ports. (laughs) Oh, yeah? Yeah. You know, we talked about the Bioshock collection that's rumored, and that'll be a lot of fun. Rebellion has done a bunch of different ports. They did Rogue Trooper. They did Sniper Elite 3 on the Switch, and they're bringing Zombie Army Trilogy to the Switch as well. Oh, okay. This is sort of a first-person shooter that uh, uses sort of an alternate version of history where Hitler has resurrected an army of the dead to fight in World War II, and it's just a fun co-op shooter with a horde mode, and it just is a really sort of interesting alternate history with zombies' take on things. They're about to release Zombie Army 4 on other platforms, so Trilogy is the previous game, and that's coming to Switch this year, and I am very excited to see how that works portably and uh, just on the Switch in general, because their ports have been uh, quite good. Sniper Elite runs quite well on the Switch, so. All
0: right, interesting. I have to admit this one was not on my radar before, but uh, yeah, I'll have to keep an eye open for it.
1: Yes, and uh, speaking of shooters, we've got hi Res Studios, if you're a fan of Paladins, or they also did Realm Royale on the Switch. They're bringing their new game, Rogue Company, to Switch, and it is a third-person shooter that's objective-based. It's free-to-play as well, so you team up. In either a two-person or four-person group and you have to take on different objectives like hacking the terminal and escaping from an aircraft carrier and it looks really interesting like you either are able to hack uh, the terminal and get out of there, or you have to kill the enemy team entirely. It's sort of got like a G.I. Joe vibe, like all of the playable characters.
0: Yeah, I really got the feeling that it was like, you know, a Saturday morning cartoon or something like that, from seeing the gameplay that's been shown so far. Yeah. Plus, you know, you're fighting the evil jackal organization, which, you know, that doesn't sound <laughs> like something out of a Saturday morning cartoon, I don't know what does. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah, and it's funny because I think Hi-Rez
0: pitched this as a more serious
1: game as their other lineup, and yeah, compared to like paladins or smite or realm royale this looks a lot more serious but i really do like the fact that it looks like a gi joe video game it looks fantastic it's gonna be free to play and cross platform on everything oh nice and uh, apparently they have it running 60 frames a second on switch so that's uh, fantastic news too so looking forward to that whenever it comes out
0: all right cool yeah this doesn't really seem like my style of game but mm. it does sound like there's some pretty cool stuff in there so i hope it turns out well
1: me too. And hi Res makes uh, pretty casual-friendly shooters, so yeah, it's free-to-play. You might, might want to give it a try. Just saying.
0: Yeah, might as well check it out. Yeah. Uh, we also have a bunch of pretty cool remakes on the way in 2020. You know, these might not be brand new games, but hey, they might be new to you. And a lot of these enhancements are looking pretty darn nice. One of those in particular is Panzer Dragoon Remake.
1: Yes, this looks fantastic, and I love Panzer Dragoon.
0: Yeah, this is a remake of the Saturn original. You know, for those who aren't familiar with it, it's basically an on rails shooter, kind of like Star Fox, but uh, fewer foxes and more dragons.
1: <laughs> That's a great way to think of it,
0: yes. Yeah, you're playing as this big old kick ass dragon that specializes in lock on laser attacks, flying through these absolutely beautiful environments, and just uh, blowing the crap out of everything that moves.
1: Yeah, and the footage that they released so far really looks beautiful. And on the Saturn, when the Saturn was new, it looked amazing. But, of course, I don't think it has aged quite well.
0: So <laughs> Not so much.
1: The fact that they are able to bring sort of the beauty of the world that Sega created to new hardware is fantastic.
0: Yeah, supposedly this one is going to be out this winter, but they haven't really said much about in a while. I have a feeling it might not make that date, but uh, hopefully it will indeed be out this year, because, yeah, I would love to play me some more Panzer Dragoon.
1: Same here.
0: Another remake on the way is Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, which is, naturally, a completely enhanced remake of the original Xenoblade Chronicles, which has previously appeared on Wii and New Nintendo 3DS. This tells the story of Shulk and his companions as they get caught up in the never-ending war between the inhabitants of two living titanic continents, the Mechonis and the Bionis. It has some really fun characters, some great story beats, and the little bits that Nintendo have shown so far look absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, I am probably going to uh, check this one out all over again, despite having played through the Wii version previously.
1: Hmm. I did not play through the Wii version or the 3DS version, so I may have to check this out. I really did like Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and never played the original, so I might have to check it out.
0: Personally, I would say that this one is probably better than Part 2. I think it's just Mm. a little bit more polished, so yeah, I would say absolutely check this one out if you can. All right. I'm also looking forward to Story of Seasons Friends of Mineral Town, which is another remake of a Game Boy Advance game. You know, Back then, it was known as Harvest Moon Friends of Mineral Town. But uh, yeah, this version, aside from the name change, it has been completely enhanced with all new graphics, as well as everything you would expect from a Story of Seasons title like raising animals, growing crops, and mining. But for me, most importantly, just like in Story of Seasons, True of Towns, the fact is that now you can get a pet capybara, (laughs) guaranteeing this game will be an instant classic no matter what.
1: (laughs) Nice. Any game with barrows, immediate 10
0: from you, right? Yep, exactly. Pretty much Game of the Year material written all over it. Excellent. And then we can't talk about remakes without talking about Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered, which is supposed to be out this summer. And this time it's a remake of the classic four-player action RPG that originated on GameCube which had players teaming up to protect the crystal caravans and avoid the deadly Miasma gas, which basically served as an excuse to keep all the players bunched up together as they fight enemies in real time and try to save their world. Aside from the HD visuals, the big new feature for this game is you can now play online, plus there are new areas inside the dungeons. Hmm, nice.
1: I know it was very difficult for people to play uh, the multiplayer mode on GameCube, so this will be much better.
0: Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you know, getting together those uh, GBAs and cables and all that stuff and mm-hmm. playing it the way you were supposed to could be quite a challenge. It'll be a lot easier this time around, that's for sure. Uh, then we have a couple other major first party games that should be out this year. One of those being Bravely Default 2, which you kind of alluded to earlier in the show, CJ. And again, this is one that Nintendo and Square haven't said a ton about so far, but apparently it is a brand new story, only sort of tangentially related to Bravely Default and Bravely Second. But it's being created by the original dev team of Bravely Default, will feature the same types of innovative combat. It seems to have the same sorts of multi-layered town environments. Beyond that, we don't really know what we're going to get, but the previous games were pretty great.
1: Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm ready to buy this just based on how much I enjoyed Bravely Default. That game was one of the few RPGs that I actually played most of the way through until the twist, uh, where I stopped. Uh (laughs) Because I heard from so many people that uh, went downhill after that and that you should just, you know... Put it down after uh, a certain point, but I'm, I'm hoping maybe they took some of that feedback on board and won't do that for the second one. So I'm on board with this.
0: Yeah. With this game on the way, I definitely need to clear some of those other RPGs off my slate, Better hurry up and finish off Dragon Quest 11 and Pokemon <laughs> while I can.
1: You need uh, you know, a year off to play all the RPGs that we
0: have. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. I still haven't even finished Octopath Traveler. Yeah. Yep. Quite the backlog. Anyway, uh, another new one that should be on the way this year is No More Heroes 3. And, you know, on the last trailer we saw, it seemed like they weren't quite sure if that was going to make 2020 or not. But maybe that was just a joke. According to Nintendo's site, it is still scheduled for this year. But uh, yeah, it seems like there is now an intergalactic assassin competition going on. And so Travis is fighting off aliens from space. So I'm sure we're going to be up for lots of sword-swinging action and crude humor and violence and wrestling moves and just 100% over-the-top ridiculousness.
1: And we definitely need
0: more of all of that. Yep, absolutely. Totally looking forward to this series getting a official new numbered entry on Switch, even if it doesn't come in this year. Speaking of threes, Bayonetta 3, are we going to see that this year? That's a good question. You know, there are a few games that we do know about, but they haven't been confirmed for this year. That includes Bayonetta 3, Metroid Prime 4, and the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Are we going to get any of those this year? I don't know. I mean, out of those titles, I'd say Bayonetta 3 probably has the best chance. But uh, yeah, it would be great to get any or all of those this coming year. But, uh, you know, I'm not really holding my breath for it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Also, I'm just looking forward to the things that we don't know about. Yeah. Because, you know, this time last year, we didn't know about so much of Mm -hmm. uh, the games we were going to get in 2019. I'm really hoping there's some surprises on there, like last year. Oh, I'm sure there will be. You know, like Tetris 99 was a huge surprise for me, that Nintendo Direct last year. So I'm hoping that Nintendo does some interesting things with Nintendo Switch Online, Mm -hmm. and maybe we get some eShop-exclusive digital games from Nintendo, you know, like the Stretchers, was and tetris yeah yeah so yeah
0: yep yep i totally agree i mean this is only a fraction of what we're going to be getting this year and like you said there are bound to be lots and lots of surprises but you know, even with this stuff we've just gone through i think the year is already looking pretty impressive
1: completely agree
0: you know, if i were going to try to give some suggestions for things i would love to see in this coming year you know i think it would be really awesome if nintendo decided to release a game boy classic edition i think that would be a lot of fun I'm crossing my fingers for more Amiibo. Uh, Obviously, I'm a huge fan of that and would love to see more of those. And over on the third-party side, I am totally ready for an Ace Attorney 7. So uh, if any of those things happened, I would be pretty much blown away.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. I'd uh, also like more Joy-Con colors because there can never be enough of those. (laughs) Or if they want to do a Switch Pro, I'm not saying I wouldn't buy it because I probably would.
0: Yep, those rumors keep swirling around, so we will see how that goes. They really do. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it absolutely could happen this year. Wouldn't rule it out. Anyway, I would say that takes care of this week's big topic, which means it's time for us to wrap up this week's episode of the show. But before we do so, we do have time for one more thing, and that is a dramatic reading. This time it is from the Nintendo Switch eShop game, Enchanted in the Moonlight. One day you're attacked. Otherworldly, Ayakashi want your power. We'll protect you, human. But in return, you must offer your power to one of us. The story. You're an average 25-year-old girl working at the library to make ends meet and support your family's shrine. However, that all changes when handsome men save you from malevolent spirits. It turns out, though, Your saviors are more than they appear. They're Ayakashi spirits, too. According to them, you've been blessed with magical blood, which the demon world will stop at nothing to get their hands on. These men offer you protection, but only in exchange for something priceless. Are you ready to strike a forbidden deal with the Ayakashi? Character Miyabi, the sadistic Kitsune Fox. Kyoga, The Affable Werewolf. Samar, the Dependable House Spirit. Includes main stories in the app Love365 Find Your Story. Season 1 Prologue. Main Story. His POV. Epilogue. Sequel. Sequel His POV. Sequel Epilogue. Season 2 Prologue. Love Nest for Two. Love Nest for Two Epilogue. Seeds of Doubt in Love's Garden. Seeds of Doubt in the Love's Garden Epilogue. <laughs> Season 3 Prologue. Thorns in the Bouquet. Thorns in the Bouquet Epilogue. A Twisted Wedding Arch. A Twisted Wedding Arch is recorded only for Miyagi. Hmm. Yeah, let me be honest. I have no idea what I was just babbling about.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and assume this is a visual novel. <laughs> they don't say anything about gameplay. Uh, whatsoever.
0: I think you're probably right. And, you know, the story actually maybe sounds kind of interesting, but, uh, Mm. it just goes into that weird, crazy list of, I guess those are chapter titles or something. (laughs) I don't really know what's going on there. I don't
1: know, but I, I would play a game with affable werewolves. Sure.
0: (laughs) I know. Absolutely. (laughs) All my games say affable werewolves from now on, to be honest. right. I want somebody to
1: name their indie game affable werewolf, please. Like, uh.
0: (laughs) It's time for Capcom to make a new Darkstalkers, an <laughs> affable werewolf. That's right, or Killer Instinct, for that matter. Mm. Either one, sign me up. True. Anyhow, that does it for this week. As always, you can find us at powerpros.podbean.com, and you can follow us at Power Pros Pod on both Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me, the Hoff, on Twitter at Chris the Hoff, and you can find us CJ at SuperPack with a C. You can email us at powerprospod at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, it would be great, of course, if you told your friends about us. Thanks for listening, everybody. For myself, Chris Johnston. Keep playing it loud. And our parole officers, Bite and Bark. You're under arrest. We will see you next time.